Warning, no, it's okay. I'm ready. <laughs> I've been ready. Did you start? Oh, okay. All right. So my name is Michael, and I'm, you know, the host of uh, Animals. <laughs> we already know how weird and awkward I am. Anyways, this is Morgan. Hi. Morgan, tell me a bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I'm Morgan Flander, singular, um, and I grew up in Oskaloosa, Iowa. It's about 12,000 people, so it's super tiny. And most people don't know where it is or what it is, but I moved to Arizona in 2016 um, to go forward in my conservation biology career. Nice. This is kind of where so I'm you're still now. still kind of new to Arizona. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still learning it. Um, just a side note, the little whining that you hear <laughs> is uh, her dogs. Yeah. They're super cute. They're so locked up. They're going to be our background <laughs> uh, noise, you know, sound machine during this podcast. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> Okay. Maybe you won't be able to hear them and then it'll be even better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, anyways. Okay. So what brought you to Arizona? Oh, man. So it was kind of totally an accident. Um, I was enrolled at the University of Iowa. Mm -hmm. um, it's human biology school and I had no interest in human biology at all, but I just had never really thought about moving out of Iowa. Um and I applied to ASU because I came across their website and saw their conservation biology program on total accident. I had always wanted to do something with animals, marine biology, regular biology, oceanography, zoology. Um, and then I started learning about conservation and got really interested in that. So I applied to ASU kind of as a joke to myself, really. Uh -huh. And I got accepted. And within a month, I packed up my car and moved. Wow. Yeah, it was like super Quick random. Like that. Mm -hmm. So when you say you were always interested in animals growing up, were you like me and wanted to like work with dolphins when you were little? I feel like that's yeah. such a common thing with kids growing up. Like, I want to work with the dolphins. You know? um, yeah, I know. Like, I was super interested in ocean animals for sure. Uh, mine was more directed towards sharks. I, mm -hmm. I loved the like aggressive the things that people were scared of. Okay. It was always something I was super interested in. And then I also just really loved like reptiles and just just like the animals that everyone else was like, what is that? I don't mm -hmm. want to touch it. Growing up, I was always like, that's so cool. Like, I, I can't wait to see it. And I was really interested in bones. I was yeah. growing up, I was huge into like animal bones. That's awesome. Yeah. I kind of feel like I was like that as well. And I was one of those kids where I did want to do like marine biology. But mm -hmm. for some reason, all the math that it requires in 100%, school yeah. sets me back all same, the time. Same. And I'm still on the line with that right now. Like I'm debating on going back to school. I did take a class with UCLA for zoology with the LA Zoo. Okay. I loved it. But knowing how much schooling there is behind that, it's like intimidating. I don't know why. But for sure. Yeah, for sure. So now you work with this company. Is it a company or just an organization or is it both? Um, it's both. Yeah. Okay. So Keep Nature Wild mm -hmm. is the company and organization you work for. Yes. And I just want to know a little, little bio about that. Okay. Um, so I'll go back to before I even worked for them. 
uh, right when I moved here in 2016, I started looking into companies that kind of did conservation, but more modern, mm-hmm. more modern term conservation. Um, I was expanding my view of conservation because at first it was just all about animals. It was all about endangered and invasive species. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted to go to school and study. And then once I started going farther into my education, I realized that there's a lot more problems than just that. And mm-hmm. that I wanted to tackle all of them. And so I heard about Keep Nature Wild. I saw, I saw what they did and I just thought it was like a really cool vibe, a really cool little um, company. And so to, to back on that, so it's literally two dudes, um, they're brothers-in-law, brothers-in-laws, brother-in-law, brothers-in-law, I don't know, <laughs> like brothers-in-law. Something like that. And best friends. And they basically, they were doing cleanups and they just wanted to make money so that they could do more cleanups. Mm-hmm. Um, so they made the AZHG t-shirt, t-shirt, which is Arizona Hiker's Guide. Uh, which is the shirt you're wearing. This mm-hmm. is the wearing design that they made. Yeah. And they just started selling it and it just kind of blew up into what it is today. So now they they have a full company that sells, you know, um, retail outsider gear. And in turn, we get to use that money to do cleanups, bigger, better cleanups. Which is, and the gear is really awesome. Yeah. All the shirts and the hats and stuff. I bought several things for myself when I joined the um what is it called? The ambassador program. Sorry. No, you're good. Wild keepers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I bought my husband and my son some matching shirts too. And it's super cute. Oh, so, wow. and I even take my son out with me and we've gone a couple times and picked up trash together. That's awesome. Starting yeah. them young. I love yeah. it. I love it. So when did this start though? The, the so company? the company started in 2016. So right around the time I moved here. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how I heard of them was they were brand new. Okay. Um, and they, they had originally been keep it wild Mm -hmm. and then they rebranded to kind of clarify what it was and it was nature. We wanted to keep nature wild. Um, and that was before I even came on board. I, I'm still relatively new in the company. I started May. Okay. May of this year. Yeah. Okay. Or June. Yeah. Somewhere around in the summertime of this year. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's it's so how did you new. how did you hear of them just like on Instagram or like Facebook? How did you come in contact with them and like what is your title? Right. Okay. So I came in contact with them before it, being interested in working with them. I came in contact with them through Cascab at ASU, which is uh, the Central Arizona chapter <laughs> for conservation biology, mm-hmm. something like that. <laughs> but it's anyways, it's Look a it club up. at ASU, but it's a club in. The, all over the nation, but there's a chapter ASU, um, which is the central Arizona chapter. And I was part of the club there. And so they had newsletters and stuff and mm-hmm. they posted about a cleanup. Okay. And so I went to a cleanup when I first moved here. Cause I was trying to like meet people in my field and whatnot. I didn't mm-hmm. know anybody. I moved here by myself basically. And so I was just trying to so branch brave. out. <laughs> like moving cross country yeah. by yourself. Yeah. It was very interesting. My best friend lived here at the time. So she like knew a little bit, but she's also from Iowa. So she was okay. relatively new. Mm-hmm. So we kind of had each other to bounce off of, but mm-hmm. we're also very, very different. So we had to find our own little niches. Yeah. Um, but then my good friend actually from Iowa as well, her name's Alex and she is our social media coordinator. Nice. She does all of our social. Um, she started working with them in 2017. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we were just kind of in conversation one day and she mentioned it and I was like, what? Like, yeah, that's awesome. Um, she went to school for marketing, uh, social media marketing and stuff. So she wasn't as much as like 
the outside person or the conservation mm -hmm. person that I was. So I was like super pumped for this role for her. And she was super pumped as well, but I was super pumped in my own way. She, yeah. You know, so we had kind of talked about it for a little while. And then actually in 2019 in May, yeah, we were going to a concert in Tucson together. And I was kind of talking about my future career with conservation. And I mentioned that I kind of wanted to do a little bit of consulting kind of like put your money where your mouth is and mm -hmm. this is what you're doing great and this is what you can improve on and how I can help you do that. And sh they were looking for an intern for social media at the time, which was nothing that I didn't know anything about mm -hmm. social media really. And she was like, why don't you just come in and talk to the guys? Like just sit yeah. down with them and like have a conversation. And that's kind of where it all where it started. started. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's super awesome. I admire that. That's really cool. Thanks. Why, <clears throat> and what do you think, or why is this con conservation important? Why do you think keep nature wild? You know, now I'm losing my words a little. Yeah, I do that too. <laughs> I'm, I know it's coming. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so basically what happened was I went in there and I was like, this is what you guys are doing really well. You know, you have a mission, you have a mm -hmm. message, people care. You, there's, you know, people are diehard for this company. Like mm -hmm. they really care about this company and they do really good work. You know, it's not like they're not doing what they're saying they're doing, which is really important to me. Yeah. Um, but there's things to improve on, you know, like the Wildkeeper program at the time when I came in, the ambassador program, it was open to anyone, anywhere, anytime, which is awesome. Because mm -hmm. obviously, you know, anyone, anywhere, anytime can pick up trash. Like, please go outside, pick up trash and then talk about it so that the other people know. Mm -hmm. But there was no accountability in it. There was no one saying like, oh, for sure you're going out and doing this because anyone could say I went out and picked up 50 pounds of trash. Exactly. And then there's no one tracking that to make sure that like that's actually happening. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I went in there talking about. And just, you know, you guys are doing a lot of things really well. And I just think there's some things you can improve on. And they are so receptive, these guys. You know, they are like 100 percent. We know that mm -hmm. and we're we're ready. We, we want to be a big like conservation and sustainability company. We mm -hmm. want people to look at us and have that respect for us. And we want to make a difference. That's yeah. the point of it, you know? But there also is the retail aspect of it. And yeah. Being able to have the company as well. So I love that. I really feel like it is making a difference and people are excited to be a part of it. And every, what is it called? I, I apologize. Every announcement, once Term. it's once a month, right? Where you post how much trash you've been picking up or oh, why yeah. it makes a difference. Yeah, it's I just an update, really. I don't even know if we have a specific term for it. Oh, impact day? Impact day. Okay. There you <laughs> yeah, go. Well, Sorry, I'm impact day. day. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah. So impact day is a day where everyone who's part of the ambassador program mm -hmm. will post about the trash they pick up and how it's making a difference. Right. Yeah. So impact day is is as an ambassador, you're base, you're signing up to say that I will do this. And we just ask that once a month, anytime during the month, you don't have to go on impact day by any means that you go out and you pick up a pack, like anything really. Like you can literally walk to your car and pick up two gum wrappers and that's perfect for us. Mm -hmm. Um, just any impact is impact. And it's really just what impact did you make this month? And then share that with the rest of the world so that one, the word gets out that we're doing it and we're mm -hmm. proud of it. And two people become curious. They want to know what's going on. And then they, you know, hopefully enjoy it. Yeah, them. I mean, talking about it and sharing that information does spark interest in other people wanting to help make a difference. For sure. Which is yeah. awesome. So I and I know that just me alone, I've mentioned it to a couple of friends or I'll do that, go out with my son and, you know, mention it and they, they're actually interested in it. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah. And I think that <clears throat> outreach is just as important as impact. Um, my, t my title actually is community engagement. And that's kind of anything I've done conservation wise, job wise has always been that I've always been the person that's like talking about it mm -hmm. and just talking about things that people don't want to talk about really. And 
that's my main goal with the wild keepers is like, Hey, let's just, you know, put it out there, get people to talk about it. Yeah. And it's just as important as actually doing it in my opinion. Mm -hmm. What is the most common piece of trash you pick up when you go out to pick up trash? Oh man. Okay. So like physical (laughs) trash, um, would probably be plastic cups. Mm -hmm. So like McDonald's cups, um, Circle K cups, just like one-time use cups. Yeah. But the number one like polluter for sure, I would say is cigarette butts. Cigarette butts. I mean, you can yeah. find them anywhere, anytime. And it's one of those things that like, it doesn't matter how long you spend picking them up, there's always going to be one left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really frustrating. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just curious on what the most common piece of trash is. So when, when you're done picking up trash, mm-hmm. what do you do with that bag of trash? Um, the, 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 Struggle here is mm-hmm. that there really isn't anything to do with it other than to send it to like the trash place. Yeah. Um, and luckily for us, Keep Nature Wild, we have a pretty good relationship with those guys now. Mm-hmm. Um, with the state in general, we have a pretty good relationship with them. So they pretty much help us take care of that okay. most of the time. So I know that you guys have these awesome bags too, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And these are biodegradable? They are. Yeah. So they're, can I take one out? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Are they all connected? Yeah. Oh, I just... I just took a roll literally the other day so I could have some. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so Keep Nature Wild also sells these awesome bags so that when you use the noise, hang on, I'm just going to stop talking for a second. It's upside down. <laughs> just so we can see it here. Uh, the, with the brand on here and it says Wild Keeper. So you take those out and you pick up your trash and put it in there. But the awesome thing about these bags is that they're biodegradable, mm-hmm. correct? For sure. Yeah. So I love that. Um, also, mm-hmm. I the reason why I was asking about the common pieces of trash is, does that have anything? Do you have a favorite conservation tip? Um, I have been thinking about this for a while because I feel like this is my number one asked question. And my number one conservation tip is probably just start small because um, I feel like it's it's it seems like a lot of pressure for people mm-hmm. to just switch their lives around. And I'm sitting here like, hey, you know, plastic cups, they're really bad. They're everywhere. And it's such an easy alternative to just carry a cup with you, mm-hmm. you know, here and there. And you're probably going to mess up and that's normal. And I think that's really important in conservation and sustainability is like, hey, you're probably going to mess up every once in a while. But as long as you're acknowledging those and saying, hey, I'm going to be better next time. That's really important because even I have my own like struggles with that. But um, just starting small, you know, carrying reusable bags, reusable cups, the the things that you hear all the time, Mm -hmm. but just remembering to do them in small steps and switching out little things in your house as well. Yeah. I one of one of the things I did a couple of years ago is I bought a a water. I did the whole water program with sparklets or something okay so that i wouldn't waste plastic bottles Mm -hmm. so i did that and i we have the reusable cups and everything so and the straws that's a good one as well is huge yeah Yeah, the straws is a big thing yeah especially i think in california it's way way big like because you guys have paper straws yeah so i i live in los angeles and most actually most everything i don't know what the state or the county with the the regulations and everything is, mm-hmm. but you have to ask for a straw. They no longer give you a straw. Right. And most of them are the paper straws now. So yeah. they're biodegradable straws, which is great. Yeah. So we're definitely taking steps in the right direction. Yeah. There's a lot of states that need to follow in California steps and a lot yeah. of things. <laughs> Baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps. But yeah. Um, what about logging trash? 
Yeah. So for Keep Nature Wild, like we mentioned before, the wild keepers, they go out and they or pick up we, once I'm a month. sorry. You're good. Sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Fine. <laughs> just, or maybe we should just start with the ambassador program. I know you've yeah, explained it a lot, but for sure. um, let's just talk about the ambassador program and then the details about logging trash. Cool. <clears throat> yeah. So um, there's three terms in a year. They're four months long. And so basically you go to keepnaturewild.com and there's a tab that says wild keepers and you click on it and then it kind of just explains what the wild keepers do. And a small summation of that is just, you know, you are volunteering to pick up trash at least once a month. Obviously, mm-hmm. like we want you to pick up trash every time you go outside if you can. Um, and you are signing up to log that trash with us. So we have an impact form. I'll go further into those details after this, but... And so the, the, the wild keepers every month, they pick up trash, they log the trash in the impact form, and then they post it on Instagram on impact day, which is a designated day during the month so that we can share that knowledge of, mm-hmm. you know, we're picking up trash and this is why we're doing it. Um, and then, I mean, you're signing up little things too, of like being featured on our Instagram. We have wild keeper Wednesday where we always talk about wild keepers, um, just basic stuff like that. You get a, a nice discount. Like, yeah, it's a pretty good discount. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Um, and then. So logging, we have an impact form and it's so straightforward. It takes less than five minutes. It's literally like your name, your where you picked up, how many pounds of trash you think you picked up. Obviously you can weigh it, but there's a certain amount of pounds per bag. Um, and then you can link your Instagram post to it if you want. It's not by any means required. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just, we encourage everyone to do that. And like I was mentioning um, the wild keepers, they have to do it with their clean cleanups, but anyone can do it. Anyone can go to the impact form. Um, it's all over our website. If you go to keepnaturewild.com, it's pretty easy to find anywhere on the wild keepers tab, on the cleanup tab, um, in the mission tab. And you can literally go log any trash that you pick up ever and kind of help us on our mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. Yeah. I like that. All right, so moving on. Well, I just want to summarize actually that Keep Nature Wild is awesome. Morgan's <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for letting me ask questions about it and spreading the word because I think it's really important. Um, I, I really do think it's making a difference. How, how do you think it's making a difference? Um, well, I, I haven't even mentioned this yet, but so Keep Nature Wild, our mission, the reason we do what we do, our mission is to pick up 1 million pounds of trash by 2023. And we just passed, um, 250,000 and we've only been around for three years. So that's pretty big. And we haven't had the wild keepers that long. So it's, it's going to be really awesome if we get to reach our goal, which Mm -hmm. is what we're going for. Yeah. So that's what I would say for sure. Um, but it, it brings more opportunity as well, you know, Mm -hmm. being able to, to bring in the biodegradable trash bags or um, more sustainable pr- practices in shipping mm-hmm. and, you know, caring about the stuff that we sell, like everything is local. We're not buying bulk from other countries. Yeah. You know, we're, we're trying to make sure that what we're doing has the right footprint behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love this company. I just, I think it's so awesome because it's definitely making a difference in the ecosystem. And probably bringing the community together, because especially with the trash pickups, like, 100%. you know, it's it's important for the future, obviously. But going out there and picking up trash and doing it with your friends is, you know, I just think it's awesome. It's making a difference. You're hanging out. Might as, you know. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Community is so, huge for us. Yeah. Um, we're trying to bring back that, you know, go outside and be with people thing that yeah. kind of has, I feel like, 
shifted the other direction of like stay inside. Yeah, we be don't. scared of outside. Especially like, <laughs> you know, newer generations like, you know, I have a four year old mm-hmm. and I need to get him outdoors more because, you know, we stay inside a lot, especially in the city. But now I'll venture off to a park or something and we have more of an excuse to go outside right. and I'll have him help pick up trash with me, which I think it's really good for him to learn that now. Right. Yeah, so, I love it. Yeah. <clears throat> so moving on, I want to ask you what your favorite animal is. Okay. Well, aside from, I feel like I'm cheating on this question, but aside from primates, I'm just super interested in my like four million old year old brains and uh, just obviously like human humans are interesting, but also non-human primates. I'm super into primates, but um, my favorite animal of all time would be sharks. Uh, I've been around for 450 million years. You know, there's shark species that have literally never evolved. I'm just super interested in that I stuff. love this. Tell yeah. me more. What shark species that have never evolved? What are you talking about? Uh, well, my <laughs> favorite shark is a goblin shark. Goblin uh, shark. Yes. Okay. Those look creepy. Yeah. So they've yeah. never evolved. They look exactly the same as they did 425 million years wow. ago. Yeah. So uh, they live in the dark and the deep dark of the ocean. So they're pretty much pink. They're like translucent wow. and they're pink because you can see their blood because they've uh, literally never been in the light. Nice. So it's just, they're just super, super rad. Their whole entire jaw comes out when they like go to eat anything. They're just the, the raddest. They, do they live with the angler, angler fish? Is that what yeah. they're called? Mm-hmm. Is it they're angler or anchor? Am I saying that it's right? Angler, yeah. Angler? Angler. I don't know. I'm confusing myself. Now. I think that's right. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm like, yes. yeah. Yes, I am is. by it's no angler. means an expert. I know that this podcast is mostly like animals and, you know, conservation and whatever, but I just, I love animals. I'm obsessed. Like, I want to learn about them every day. Um, so why so why is the goblin shark your favorite? Because it's a shark? Because your shark's your favorite? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think it's just, it's just so interesting that it hasn't evolved at all. Like, it's just one of those things that, just proves how old the earth is and how mm-hmm. f- fragile, but also resilient life is yeah. to me. And I think it's it's a common misconception for us to think that humans are just a superior species, you know, because yeah. we're, quote, the smartest, we're, quote, the most intelligent, mm-hmm. this and that. But these animals have survived everything, yeah. you know, like things that humans would never survive. Um, and I just I'm super interested in that kind of stuff. Have you seen any in person and up and close? Like, can you even see them anywhere? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so actually here in Phoenix at the art museum, there was a shark uh, hole exhibit. OK. Um, and so I saw I saw like the skin and the skeleton, um, but I haven't like in the ocean seen anything like that. Are they even close. in any aquariums? Is I don't, that no, I don't, I don't think believe so. so. Not that right? I know of. But I'm sure there probably is somewhere, but Maybe. I don't know if they We'll have to look that up afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good question. Yeah. Let's look that up. We'll have to post that in comments afterwards if we found the, what's it called again? Goblin shark. Goblin. Yep. Um, have you had any encounters with any sharks before? Um, no. So actually, interestingly enough, I've only been to the ocean like once in my life. What? Yeah. Because I grew up in <laughs> Iowa. Um, and so most of my shark experiences have been, you know, like VR or, uh, planet earth or through exhibits. Um, I actually never even been to an aquarium until I was like 23. So all of that stuff was pretty just things I had learned on my own. Like I'm, it's all, it's so weird. Like I'm basically a specialist with just having like learning and no experience, <laughs> which is, you know, here, here and there, but I've definitely done a lot since I moved to Arizona, like more than I had yeah. in the last like 20 years of living. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to come out to LA then and I come know. visit me mm-hmm. and we can go to the Long Beach Aquarium, which isn't far from my house, which is 
a really awesome aquarium and they have a new exhibit that they just um, built recently too. Mm -hmm. I forget what it's called, but it's more um, interactive. Like they have these huge screens and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's really cool. I went there a few years, actually probably about five years ago. Cause it was before I had my son, my husband surprised me for my birthday to do a shark encounter. Oh, wow. Uh, so That's I got to go into their little aquarium on the side and go into the water with, it wasn't a zebra. I think it was a zebra shark. Okay. The bottom feeder sharks. I don't remember the name. I'll have to look that up as well. I should have looked that up prior. Um, Darn. Oh, we have a zoo. Bamboo sharks? No. Oh. I'm pretty sure it was a zebra. Okay. Um, Because it is a bottom feeder shark. Yeah. Uh, the bottom feeder sharks have their mouths on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because they obviously are bottom feeder sharks. It's in their name, I guess. You know what I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, we got into the aquarium or in this little pool with her name was Fern. Aww. And I, I never knew or never thought I could think a shark was so adorable. They are so strong, though. It's so crazy. But it was it was really fascinating. It was really cool. So we got to go in the water with them and we got to feed her. Um, and we also got to do a stingray encounter too. So okay. I, I got to do that for my birthday once, That's but awesome. they have that there, which is really awesome. So yeah, I guess I kind of lied when I said that I haven't had any experience. I have a visitor. Sorry. That's what the door sound is. So <laughs> um, I worked at the Phoenix Zoo when I first moved to Arizona and I worked in the like stingray and shark exhibit okay. and they were bamboo sharks in there and I fed them and I uh, yeah. pet them and they had, uh, they laid eggs and we incubated them and they hashed and stuff. So that I guess I have had hand experience with shark. I tend to think of big sharks and forget about them uh, yeah. sometimes, but yeah. I, I forgot that you had mentioned you worked at the Phoenix Zoo. I did. Yeah. Okay. So what did you do there? I was an exhibit guide. So, okay. uh, there was specific um areas in the zoo that i worked in and then i pretty much did education okay yeah that's really awesome mm -hmm. i we i got to take a tour actually at the long beach aquarium mm -hmm. so you'd go to the back and you would see their um the the displays and where they would have the enclosures for other different species of like sharks and they had um a whole bunch of eggs in one and i never knew that they laid eggs mm -hmm. until then i just i don't know why i didn't put it together but you could see the baby sharks moving around inside of the eggs. Eggs look like um, seaweed or something. Mm -hmm. That's what they look like to me. Don't they look like yeah. that? Yeah, so most sharks aren't don't lay eggs outside of their body. So sharks are ovoviviparous. So they have eggs inside and then they hatch and then they give birth. Thank you. Which is why you wouldn't expect most sharks to have to lay eggs, yeah. Can so you like the give feeders. that definition of ovo? How do you say it again? Ovo Now I can't do it. Ovoviviparous. <laughs> there's viviparous and yes. there's ovoviviparous. Yes. Right. Yes. So what is the difference? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> ovoviviparous <laughs> is an animal that has that lays eggs, eggs inside and then they hatch and then they give birth to live beings like my uh, baby so like uh, mm -hmm. a madagascar hissing cockroach for instance does this mm -hmm. so they withhold their eggs mm -hmm. and when the babies are ready to be born then um then the female will release eggs so right. technically giving live birth right um and so what are sharks again ovoviviparous ovoviviparous yes and then i think viviparous is the ones where they they have the eggs inside of them. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good uh, vocab words for next episode. Yeah. And then there's <laughs> stingrays, which were previously classified as ovoviviparous, mm -hmm. which is 
pretty new and I, I'm not by any means a specialist on this, so I'm not going to say that I'm 100% right here, but what I learned while I was at the Phoenix Zoo, cause we started doing x-rays and stuff on the pregnant stingrays. Okay. Um, was that they actually aren't laying eggs and they're giving birth to live animals, but they're not mammals. Yeah. So they're coming up with actually like a whole new term for it. There's not even a term for it Whoa. yet. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. So fun fact. That is interesting. Yeah. My favorite animal is a duck-billed platypus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So they are monotremes. Are those real? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> are those real? I'm just imagining like the Psyduck, like Pokemon. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so cute. Um, yeah, a lot of people are confused on why it's my favorite animal. And they're probably going to be annoyed by the time they if they if anyone sticks around to listen to mm-hmm. my episodes. I love duck-billed platypus. I have a tattoo of one on my arm. Love that. I'm obsessed with them. Uh, actually, the San Diego Zoo now has two duckbill platypuses and we and it is platypuses plural it's not platypi which is weird that's good to know i mean they're weird anyways so we haven't had a duckbill platypus in the united states since like the 1940s so the only place you could see them would be in australia maybe some parts of tasmania but it's mostly australia because they're they're native native to australia um so now the san diego zoo has a pair a male and a female and they just went on exhibit a few weeks ago or maybe last month. And That's I am awesome. dying to go. So That's I'll be awesome. going soon. Yeah. Yeah. The San Diego Zoo is like the second zoo. I've only been to like two zoos my whole life. Obviously. You've been to San Diego Zoo? Phoenix, yep. And then yeah. I've been to San Diego. Yeah. And I've been it's a great zoo. To the aquarium there. I think it's Scripps or the no Bay, idea. Monterey Bay Aquarium. Okay. I haven't been there in a while. So I'm, I'm getting ready to take a trip there soon. Yeah. Um, they are monotremes though. So monotremes are egg-laying mammals. And there is only three different types of species in that um, group, which is a duck-billed platypus and the short-beaked echidna and the long-beaked echidna. So those are monotremes as well. I've never even heard of that. That's crazy. Some, uh, echidnas? No, monotreme. Oh, monotremes. Yeah. Because they're egg-laying mammals. Wow. So yeah, which is pretty fascinating. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Look that up later. Oh, wow. So uh, echidnas are, you can see them pretty much, most zoos have them. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people like to call them porcupines or yep. hedgehogs or something, yep. but um, they are not. <laughs> so that makes sense. That yeah. Makes sense. So my last thing I wanted to do was give you a ran- random zoology vocab word. So I'm going to start doing this in my episodes. Okay. Um, and it's, but, it. but it's pretty easy. I, um, drove up here today with my sister and I, I was talking to her about these zoology words, uh, voca- vocabulary word. I can't talk today. I don't know. I'm tired. Happy new year. Oh, it's not new year. Yeah. <laughs> it's the day after Christmas. <laughs> Wait, what's today? The day after Christmas? Yeah. Okay. I'm like, wait, is it New Year's now? I'm like, I don't even know. Yeah. I just got over a cold a couple days ago. I'm tired. Anyways, I asked my sister if she knew what this word was, and she goes, uh, not off the top of my head. So I'm like, okay, that's good enough. We're going to talk about it. So today we're going to talk about what an omnivore is, which I think you probably do know because you know what viviparous means and whatever, you know. So what's an omnivore? Tell me. Um, an omnivore is an animal that eats both meat and veggies or is it just veggies? Yes, correct. So yeah, the Woo. animals or person who eats both plants and, anim- and the animal origin. So yeah, I yeah. automatically went to dinosaurs for some reason. So yeah, I mean, that's where you kind of learn it. I feel yeah. like when you're little and in class, you talk mm-hmm. about dinosaurs and what they eat, yep. carnivores. Yeah. Yeah. So we got omnivores, plants and meat, herbivores, just plants mm-hmm. and carnivores. Just meat. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, for example, the reason that I know this word really is because when I was working at the Phoenix Zoo, I worked with the squirrel monkeys. Okay. Um, 
like I mentioned before, big primate person. But uh, mountain gorillas are my favorite species of primate. That's mm-hmm. not the right way to say that, but you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> and they are completely <laughs> herbivore. Okay. But most people don't know that. They think that they're always like, oh, gorillas are going to eat me if they, they run into me. Yeah. But they won't. They I think have it's no the interest teeth. In me. Yeah. They have very scary teeth. Yeah. Well, know. they have very dominant personalities yeah. as well, but they're actually very docile creatures. Mm-hmm. But but squirrel monkeys, people think are like, oh, they're cute and tiny, but they're actually really aggressive and they're omnivore. So they will eat you. <laughs> they yeah. will like chew on your fingers and oh be fine with God. it. They used to That's catch scary. birds all the time. I don't Phoenix like monkeys. Just tear them apart. It's crazy. I really? I, I mean, I don't hate monkeys and no offense, monkeys and to monkey lovers. But <laughs> I like primates, but monkeys, for some reason creep me out sometimes <laughs> or may- maybe it's just chimps maybe it's the movies okay i don't know yeah There's something that's about it a big thing yeah like so i do i'm in a los angeles zoo docent so basically okay. i tour around the zoo with people who who want to tour around the zoo to blow more in depth about the animals right so when we go and they ask about the the chimps or something. I just, I fail at that part because it, it just creeps me out. I don't yeah. know why. I know a lot of weird facts about like primates. Um, Give, tell me a few. Oh, I'm trying to think now. But like <laughs> uh, a group of bamboos is, um, oh shoot. A group of what? Of bamboos. Bamboos? Bamboos. Oh my gosh, baboons. <laughs> a group of bamboos. Wow. See, we're both tired. <laughs> The Bamboos, the plants. Yeah. I'm like, what's happening it's here? It's like a government term, and now I can't even think of it. It's not even funny now. <laughs> now I'm gonna call baboon. Why do you say it? I said bamboos. Bamboos, but but baboons. What? Baboon, baboons. Yeah. How do you say it? Baboons. 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 I don't. <laughs> I wish we just not. Yeah, let, let's. let's <laughs> we'll move on. All right, we'll just wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. That's good. I'm really glad I could maintain us today. That's amazing. Uh, baboons, bamboo. All right. Well, thank you, Morgan. Thank I you. appreciate Thanks this. For me. This was, was fun. fun. Um, look up Keep Nature Wild. Look up bamboo and baboons. There's a difference. A big difference. <laughs> so yeah. Thank Both you. Both endangered though. So bamboo is endangered. Mm-hmm. How can? I, are you sure? Yeah, they only grow in certain areas, so they only grow south. Anyways, yeah, look it up. Look Look it it up. up. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So I'm going to look that up so I'll learn something else today. So anyways, thank you again. I'm Michael with uh, Animals, and that was... I'm Morgan. Morgan. So (laughs) thank you. Well, I'll see you later.